Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. It only took three episodes of the Lake Show Life Podcast before we got a Los Angeles Lakers playoff win. How's it feel, Daniel? feels amazing oh my gosh to see them step on the throats of the portland trailblazers like that tonight i was very very happy with everything i saw oh yeah so the lakers jump up to one and uh jump up to one and one in the series with just a uh, throttling 111 88 win over the trailblazers i believe this is the last playoff win since 2000 the 2012 2013 season i believe um when they yeah. they defeated okc in the second round and they lost they lost that round uh, that series four games to one but that was their last playoff win Eight years ago, that's just an, that's insane, insane to think yeah. about. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Before we jump into the game analysis, though, we got to remind our listeners to, uh, of course, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts. If you can, leave a five star review, give us some advice, some feedback. If you like our segments, uh, we cut down on the segments a little today. Got to spice it up. Got to uh, can't throw them at you every episode because then you'll be expecting them. Uh, but yeah, give us a review, give us a subscribe, a follow, whatever it is. A like if we're on YouTube. I don't think we're on YouTube, but <laughs> um, got to do the shameless self-promotion. Daniel, if you had to describe, I'll give you I'll give you three words. And I didn't prompt you before the podcast, so I'm just throwing you on the spot. Three words awesome. to describe this victory. What three words would you pick? It, it was sweet. Okay. It was, hmm. If I had to describe the Lakers, I'd say it was just throttling. Like, <laughs> they stepped on their throats. Yeah. And then if I had to give you a third word, it would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Because you know what? I, It's just, it's been so long. We've said this a couple times already. Like, we haven't seen the Lakers win a playoff game in eight years now. And I mean, like, we're youngins in the game. So I was uh, 13 Last time the Lakers won a playoff game, so that's just insane to think about. If there's any older listeners, you know that were uh, that are older adults than us, they'll probably be blown away by that. If I had three words, Daniel, those three words would be Los Angeles Lakers, because this is the team that I expected to show up in the bubble. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just an overall, I mean, it was never really in question. Uh, Had an eight point lead heading into uh, the second quarter, and then extended it, I believe, to seventeen at halftime, and then it was. You know, it, it was never in question. Uh, Lakers shot a lot better from the floor tonight, which is something we talked heavily on. Uh, shot 36.8%, which is all they have to do. This isn't a team that has to shoot over 40% to win basketball games. Uh, they just have to kind of keep up, and they more than kept up. They made 9 of 10 of their free throws, something that's hurt them a lot this year. And, I mean, they, they dominated in the paint, almost half of their points in the paint. Anthony Davis, big game. Just, you know, what was your main takeaways from this game, Daniel? This great, great game. You know what? I, w- I was really surprised at how many threes the Lakers actually ended up shooting uh, during the game. I was really expecting them to scale back on the three-point shooting from last game. Yeah, they actually went out and, and shot thirty-eight three-pointers, which is pretty average, I think, for them on the season. But it was a lot more than the previous game. Uh, Fourteen for thirty-eight. Thirty-seven percent is more than uh, more than uh, fine for oh, the yeah. Lakers. Forty-seven point eight percent from uh, the floor. 
But uh, the defense, that's really what it came down to. Yeah. Um, defense was fantastic. Their key role players were stepping up on defense, uh, both sides of the ball, to be honest with you, and keep the Blazers to 88 points. And, and even though Damon Lillard was uh, was hurt, he hurt his uh, finger in the, I believe it was the third quarter. But to hold McCollum and Lillard to 31 points, I remember on the last pod saying that 60 points and under was ideal for the Lakers. They pretty much did that like double, like yeah. they cut it in half. Uh, yeah. Really, really impressive. Lillard and uh, McCollum had a combined 31 points, so almost exactly in half. And yeah, the Blazers, they mm-hmm. only attempted, they attempted less, fewer, I should say, fewer three-point shots than the Lakers, which if you told me that heading into this game, I would have called you crazy. I only attempted 29, only made eight of them, uh, 27.6% from the floor. And this is kind of how I feel like this Blazers team is, even though I've been kind of hyping them up and telling people, like, take them seriously. They're a team, and I listened to another podcast that explained them in this way, the part of my take podcast. It's almost like they're playing pickup basketball out there, you know, at the 24. Like, that's just kind of their offense and defense, too, really, yeah. even though they did play better defense in game one. but And they, they just seem like a team that – and I don't have any stats to back this up, so if there's any Blazers fans listening, they might just call me stupid. But they seem like <laughs> a team that if they fall behind, like the Lakers, game one, fell behind, you know, it was, what, like 16 points in the first quarter and were able to get back in it quick. This seems like a team where if they fall behind a decent margin, that probably means they're not shooting the ball well or something's not going right, and they don't seem like a team that can necessarily storm back from that kind of deficit, especially in the playoffs, especially against a one seed like the Lakers. So, yeah, I was happy to see them kind of put their foot on their throats and you know not let up and never really let them back in this game. I mean, they outscored them in the fourth quarter, but it was garbage time. Yeah. Yeah, overall, it was just it was a great victory. On both sides of the ball, I, I felt like the Lakers were playing – you know, they're maybe not A plus, A plus, but it was A minus on both ends. Maybe he could even give in uh, an A plus on the defensive end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anthony Davis, I mean, he had a he had a good box score for uh, game one, but it was definitely a good first half and kind of disappeared, especially in the late in the fourth quarter. Uh, went out there, 31 points, 11 boards, and only 29 minutes. You know, they didn't really play the fourth quarter. Um just did you what did you did you see anything in you know specifically out of ad tonight that he did better any game planning that they did better just anything of that nature uh they were playing going off the pick and roll a lot better than they had in the first game um and anthony davis 31 and 11 in 29 minutes i saw a stat um that he is the first player since joel Embiid last year and kevin McHale in 1990 to have a 30-10 game and under 30 minutes played, which I thought was really impressive. Wow. Um, but yeah, 13 for 21, three for four from three. He got a lot of wide open three-point um, three point attempts there. Uh, it seemed like everything that you know he should have made, he did. And it was overall pretty impressive. He, I mean, LeBron found him on numerous occasions. Caruso and AD were uh, connecting a couple times too there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just an overall good game. I felt like he looked a lot like uh, like what we came to expect during the regular season, what we've come to expect from AD as a, as a superstar in the league. Yeah, and this is a really flawed stat, but uh, plus minus. Have you seen what his plus minus was in this game? Oh, man. No, I can imagine it's really high. Plus 32 in 29 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, again, was it's that, a flawed stat. But what was that? Did that lead the team? Yeah. So he had 32. Um, KCP was next at 24. LeBron, 23. Everyone in the starting lineup was above 20 except uh, McGee. And then uh, Kuzma had plus 16. So Crusoe plus 11. Yeah. That's impressive. 
it was just a great game all around. Uh, our purple and gold players, our purple players, the players that had to get beat up by the Lakers to, to succeed, for the Lakers to succeed, that is, uh, Hassan Whiteside and Jusuf Nurkic. Uh, what did you think of their play tonight? Hassan Whiteside did not look good. Um, no. <laughs> it seemed like White Howard was in his head the entire night, and it, it was actually pretty fun to watch. Uh, Hassan Whiteside kind of did his thing, though. He grabbed nine boards, blocked three shots, but only six points, one for three from the field. Um, minus 14 box score. Oh, minus 14 plus I mean, minus? That was, or yeah, plus minus. I mean, actually, compared oh. to the starters, though, that was much better. So, <laughs> Yeah, but um, they didn't put him in foul trouble. I don't think he committed a foul all game. Um, nope. But yeah, it, it, they locked him down. Nurkic, nine points, four for 10 from the field, one for three from three. Uh, with eight boards and two assists and a minus 28 plus minus. <laughs> <laughs> but combined between those two, I mean, when you're getting 49 minutes of production there and you're getting 15 points and 17 boards, like from your center the entire game, it's not great. Not great. The Lakers did a good job. Yeah. And obviously, like you mentioned, you know, the, the kind of goal is to keep Lillard and McCollum around 60 points combined, but the purple players are role players. Uh, yeah, to limit the bigs like that. I mean, in both guys, I mean, Whiteside had a big defensive impact in game one, but neither guy was necessarily electric in game one. So that is kind of a it's a it's a good sign as the series goes along because, you know, as the series goes along, the Lakers are only gonna get, you know, their their presence down low is only gonna get stronger. That pickup style of play is only gonna get less and less effective for the Blazers. Um and to kind of limit them, their bigs from at least you know, because if you if the Lakers win this game, but you know, Nurkic goes off and just, you know, you could any Blazers fan can make the case, you know, like, oh, well, that's a sign of something to come. But I don't know. I like how they're limiting the bigs. As for our gold players, Alex Crusoe looking great again. Uh, great defense. Like you said, connecting with AD m- multiple times. Danny Green, uh, he had four steals on the night. Um, offensively, we don't have to talk about that. But uh, defensively, you know, look better out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I. <laughs> Uh, once again, a bunch of wide open threes that he just didn't hit. There were multiple times where nobody even closed out on him, and, and he missed pretty badly. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, he he was one from one for six for the from the floor, one for four from three. Um, like I said, he had four steals. He played good defense. Three fouls. He had a turnover. It was just, you know, and this this is you know if this is what it's going to be, then at least. You're going to need a game, you know, KCP made four of his six. Like, the Lakers can survive if Danny Green's not shooting well, if he's providing that good defense, but they do need someone else to step up. And in this case, KCP was really good from beyond the arc in this game. Uh, like you said, AD went three for four as well. Um, but it is still a little worrisome when, you know, the Lakers are cold shooting. Danny Green's supposed to be that guy to turn it around. And to see him not even succeed in a game like this, at least offensively, you know, not not a good sign for his offensive turnaround. But it's not all offense. Yeah. So I wonder if he still had his headache. <laughs> yes, there was a tweet. Uh, was that a, that was a confirmed quote, or was that like oh, speculation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's so a confirmed quote. Said he's had a headache the last few days. And I'll be honest, as someone who suffers from headaches myself, uh, my bosses know this. I've actually had to take days off because I wake up with bad headaches. I kind of feel for him. You know, I, some people say it's a sorry excuse. I think it's a legitimate excuse. Hmm. I hope. I hope you're right. I hope it turns around. Headaches are bad, man. I think about it. He's in that humid weather. He's pent yeah. up in a bubble. He's not getting enough fresh air. Um, how do they solve that? I don't know. But <laughs> And then yeah. Car- Caruso, dive in on his play a little bit more. Just What did you like out of Caruso tonight specifically? Honestly, uh, 
I guess what I would say is that every time he was on the floor, he was easily the third best player on the Lakers. Um, oh, okay. And he was fantastic. Like you, you wouldn't really see some of the things that he was doing um, in the box score. Like I, I hate that. That's like a super cliche phrase, <laughs> but I mean, three points, one for four from field goal, uh, one for four from three. All, all his attempts were actually for three tonight, which is a lot different. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. That's not what I would have been yeah, expecting. for sure. Um, but grab five boards, and he you know, he was diving for loose balls. He was playing great defense on Damian Lillard. Like, every, all 17 minutes out there that, that he was out there, man, he he really impressed me. And I, I'm somebody that's a Caruso stand, like I've said before. Um, but, man, I was really, really impressed with Alex Caruso tonight. Yeah, man, he's looking good. And again, it's not those things that show up in the box score. And it's almost like a, and again, I'm not, I don't want to compare these two players and say on their, they're on the same level yet because this could get a lot of backlash. But it's almost like a Patrick Beverly kind of thing where the impact is so much more than the box score. Uh, Cruz is not quite like the leader as he is, but just that pesky defense, diving for the loose balls, just those things, those little things Caruso does to change the game that a casual yeah. a casual fan's going to look at the box score and be like why are these guys hyping up Alex Caruso as they're listening to this podcast so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i saw somebody on twitter compare Alex Caruso to Matthew Dellavedova because LeBron's played with him before and just a, I, he's got that similar feel i think Caruso's a lot better personally mm-hmm. i think he's a better defender than uh, Dellavedova ever was Dellavedova's probably a, a better shooter um but yeah i i I mean, that's all I can say is I was really impressed with Caruso. I think they should give him more minutes. Um, he played 17 tonight. I would love to see him get 25. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just real quick, it's a little tangent here since you're talking about Delavadova, and this is something the listeners can do at home. Daniel, you're by your computer real quick. Are you by your computer? Uh, yeah. yeah. Can you Google real quick? There's a man by the name of Nepenthes. He is a British FIFA YouTuber. It's N-E-P-E-N-T-H-E-Z. He looks exactly like Matthew Delvadova. They look like they could be brother, like twin brothers. Um, some of these pictures aren't super flattering, but if you see the ones where it's like just his face, they look so identical. And I've always, every oh time God. I see Matthew Delvadova, this is who I think of. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, they do look a lot alike. <laughs> that is so funny. So that's just my random little, uh, especially when Delvadova had the beard. I mean, when he's clean shaven, they're not too similar, but like the, the playoff Delvadova when he had the little scruff going, very similar. Um, yeah, there's a picture here where it's like identical. It, I think it's like his headshot for the NBA. For <laughs> it looks like identical. <laughs> so I, I just had to say that. Um, <laughs> I always, anytime anyone brings up Delavadova, that's the first thing I say. Um, now I have a question about LeBron James for you, Daniel. The leader mm-hmm. of this team, the, the one guy who is keeping you from even taking the panic button out of the cupboard, and I'm sure that panic button is now pushed deep to the back of the cupboard behind some dishes. You know, you just empty the dishwasher. It's not even in sight right now. Um, another kind of, I don't want to use the word timid because that's almost like a negative connotation, but he only had 10 points. Uh, he only attempted 11 shots in 27 minutes, um, you know, kind of facilitating a little bit more. Is there, do you think this is a matchup thing where he is not being the typical LeBron James score 40 points in the playoffs? Do you think it is a he's still not 100% in terms of being up to game speed, so he's kind of easing himself into it for, like, rounds two and three? Do you think it's an age thing? Like, I'm not saying he played bad, but it's definitely not the LeBron we're used to seeing, you know, in the playoffs. He's kind of taken a new form, you know, in this series through two games. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'd say it's it's uh, almost similar to Caruso. From what I saw from LeBron, it was a lot of things that didn't show up in the box score. I, I saw him, uh, you know, he just – he looked like signature LeBron without putting up the stat line, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one thing I've noticed is that he he's deferred to a lot uh, – deferred a lot to AD tonight mm-hmm. um, more than usual. And I think he knew that AD had the hot hand and he didn't. And you know that that's what a superstar does, and that's what a leader does. When when your shot's not falling, and you're not on your absolute A game, and your co-star is, you're yeah. gonna pack him the ball. You got to make sure that you get him the clean looks, and uh, take a back seat. Yeah. So you think it's just kind of a coincidental, based on the two games, who was hot at the time? Not so much something that might be a trend moving forward, or at least in this series. I wouldn't call it a trend. I think it was more just LeBron and AD kind of serving their purpose in each game because LeBron went off in that first game and AD was eh, you know? Yeah. Uh, in this game, roles were reversed. Even though LeBron still got his 10, 6, and 7, like that's not a typical LeBron line. Of course, he scored 10 points, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he never score under 10 points. It's just, but, I, um, I, I raised the question too because I, I just wonder if there is any anything in LeBron that's thinking – you know, pass first mode more than usual, just because we saw it in the scrimmages. We saw it in the seeding games. We even saw it a little bit in game one. Like he's missed a few things at the rim that he would normally make. Um, and I, again, it could just be purely coincidental. Um, I don't think this one layoff, you know, because of coronavirus is going to accelerate his aging process, but that's what I was thinking in the back of my head. Like maybe he's, you know, just not feeling it right now, so he's facilitating more. I don't know. He's LeBron James. He'll probably drop like 47 next game and make me look stupid. Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of surprised by his uh, lack lack of offensive production, like just scoring-wise, because he had Gary Trent Jr. on him the entire game, and that's obviously a mismatch for the Blazers. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody's a mismatch for LeBron James. But Anyone Gary but Trent like Giannis. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Unless you have Giannis or Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But uh yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out next game and, you know, does LeBron things like he did in game one. Hey, maybe I'll have to bet on one of those crazy parlays where I bet on LeBron to score like fifty points and get twenty rebounds and <laughs> it has like fifty to one odds and then I hit it somehow and you call me crazy. Um if I did <laughs> bet on this game, which I didn't, you know, if I did, I would have went two and oh because we predicted the spread and the total. I predicted Lakers minus four and a half, as did you. So we both hit that. Um, this wasn't even close. Classic Vegas, you know, uh, Lakers lost game one. They lowered the line. I don't think anyone expected a blowout win, but did expect a win by a reasonable margin. And then uh, you had the over. I had the under. I predicted, I believe it was 113-101 or something of close to that. And I was yeah. close with the Lakers score, 111, and then Portland just 88. So that under was very comfortable. Yeah, very, the entire game. Yeah, first quarter, I think there weren't many points scored. I don't remember off the top of my head how many points were scored, but I remember it being a really low total. So, you know, I think that raises us up. So we both went to one, we both went one and one in game one. So that mm-hmm. raises me up to three and one, and you're two and two. So, yeah, you got I, that one game lead on me. I mean, I'm just saying, ride the hot <laughs> hand, guys. I'm three and one. Listen to me. Just always just listen. Don't, don't listen to me. Don't. I don't want to be yeah, responsible for losing games. money. Uh, <laughs> um, so transitioning from game two to game three, you know, you want to take a positive game like this, kind of build that series momentum. It's the, the biggest word in sports is momentum. Is it real? Is it not real? That's a debate for another podcast. Um, 
you know, they want to carry this into game three. And like you've said, you you started the podcast with it. You brought it back up. The goal is kind of to limit Dame and CJ to uh, 60 combined points. They did 31. Now, my question for you is, I mean, you, the, we kind of already know the answer. Like, how bad do Dame and CJ have to play for the Lakers to win? You know, does it have to be something where they are containing them to 60 points? Or can it be like Dame goes off and the Lakers win, like, Obviously, they're not going to contain Dame and CJ like this every single game. They're not going to get combined 31 every game. But where do you draw that threshold? I know you said 60 points, but I thought there could be like a little bit of a deeper answer to it. I would say in the 50 to 60 range, uh, if you can keep them in that range or even lower. Uh, that's very good. Um, yeah, I think, honestly, their production was artificially low because their shot selection down the stretch was so bad. Yeah. That once they were taken out of the game, I saw McCollum and Lillard just, you know, obviously Lillard can make his 40 footers, <laughs> like his 35, 40 footers, yeah. but uh, most of his missed threes were those types. And some of them were even contested. I was like, uh, you know, I think he's just forcing things. But when he hurt his hand, um, you know, everybody already knew the Blazers were out of it. But uh, I'd, I'd like to know what is up with his hand at this point because yeah. we might not have to worry about Damian Lillard in those 35-40 footers. Yeah, uh, that's very much. true. Now, it's assuming he is healthy, you know, assuming I'm going to say the absolute best that he is healthy because personally I would rather see the Lakers beat the Blazers just at full strength and obviously never root for injuries. Um, that's just you never do that in sports. Um, Absolutely. Can, you know, do you see the Lakers as being, this is just one game, so I don't want to overreact. And like you said, he did have the hand thing. But, like, can you see the Lakers being that one team that kind of cracks the Dame code and contains him, you know, like doesn't let him hit the, have these crazy games? And, yeah, he had a big game in game one if you look at the box score. But he disappeared from the second quarter to, you know, the beginning of the fourth, really. Like, you know, he was mm-hmm. he really disappeared. Um, and he, he showed up when it mattered most, and that's all that really matters. But... They showed us yeah. some stretches of success, and they showed more success tonight. Um, do you think the Lakers are that team, or do you think this is just us getting a little bit too excited after two games? Um, that's a really good question. I think I that know. Damian Lillard isn't used to going up on a nightly basis against such good wing defenders like Alex Caruso. Yeah, and you know everybody, and Danny Green was on him a couple times too. Um, Alex Caruso, I will. Always, always love Alex Caruso. <laughs> I know. I'm going to start an Alex Caruso counter. How many yeah, times do you I say his name? His name. Um, um, but yeah, his defense tonight on Dame, if he can continue that level of play, I don't see how Damian Lillard scores over 30 points. And I don't see how the Portland Trail Blazers win without. as a result of that. Yeah, because CJ, you know, you can make the case for CJ having a big game. And he's had his big game, but he's kind of just like clay thompson light i guess i mean i feel like i'm kind of disrespecting clay thompson saying that cj paul was a great player don't get me wrong and they're different players but that's kind of just how i view them i don't know if it's because dame and steph are getting comparisons so my dumb brain is just cj clay um but he's not you know the lakers could let cj score 40 points honestly as long as they contain dame and be just fine um i don't think the blazers are going to score 88 points every game uh, I, I think this is right around what we'll see out of the Lakers' offensive production. I think, you know, obviously if they played their starters more, they would have been in the 120s. Um, but, again, you know, not every game's going to be this great. I think we're going to see the Lakers score in between 110 to 120 every game. And it's just kind of limiting the Blazers from deep, you know. The Lakers are going to win that interior battle every single time. And if they could play this good at perimeter defense and, you know, 
get a little lucky with some of the shots not falling in, you know, in the Blazers favor and then just shoot, you know, keep up shooting. I don't see, you know, they they have the talent to, to win. So we just can't have any 15% three point nights again. <laughs> yeah. Just a sidebar too. Uh, the Lakers went nine for 10 from the free throw. Yeah. Uh, from the free throw line. I would like to see them go to the free throw line more. I mean, nine of 10, uh, that speaks kind of to a lack of aggressiveness. And we've mentioned on the podcast on the last one that, you know, we'd like to see them be more aggressive. I just hope that, you know, progression doesn't hit. Portland finds their offensive, their offensive, um, uh, stride, you know, stride. Yeah. And, uh, because you know what? I don't expect the Lakers to shoot 37% like going forward. I don't know if I really trust them to continue that pace. That's what I was going to bring up. Um, I like how good they shot. You know, they shot 37%. Yeah, go ahead and take 38 threes. And some of those are just empty threes and whatnot. But, you know, I, I I hope this isn't a case of if they're not shooting well, they just keep trying to shoot out of it because that's kind of what they did in game one. They didn't turn to their strengths. And, yeah, nights like this when you shoot 37% and you win by 23 points, you know, you're of course you're going to be like, yeah, hook the threes up all you want. But, it, you know, they we've seen what works. We've seen what works against the Blazers. And, yeah, you have to shoot the threes to open up the spacing on the floor and whatnot. But I just hope if they are cold, if it is another cold night, they make the adjustments that they didn't make in game one. And, you know, this should just be a nice game, swing the momentum, but don't expect every game to be like this. I don't think they do. Um, this yeah. is speaking more towards, you know, again, my, you know, I, I do it all the time, you know, expecting as a fan, this to happen again. It's just, you got to st- take a step back and compare the two games, find the middle ground and see what the Lakers need to do moving forward. So, yeah, absolutely. I don't think the Blazers are this bad of a team as they played in game two. I think the Lakers are about this good, yeah. um, or a little bit better because LeBron James had his off night tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, but the Lakers did get contributions from all kinds of different bench players and role players that, uh, you know, you can't really count on. Yeah. Like J.R. Smith was with his 11 points tonight and things like that. Well, even, you know, he didn't even play in game one. Even KCP shooting four of six. Like, that's not, you're not yeah. going to get that every night, you know. Um, yep. And this is this is a classic case of one of those, like a Lakers loss where we look back and we're like, oh, if they would have shot this percentage from three, they would have dominated, you know, and this was a case where they did shoot well. That's why I'm, I'm just saying they don't, I hope, and I don't, you know, they're professional athletes and it's a professional coach and they're a lot smarter than we are, but... I just hope they don't see the success and run with threes. And I mean, they got to let Danny Green wake up and miss his three, his three three-point shots. That's just how he <laughs> has to wake up and get you know get going. So, but besides that, yep. I just hope they don't get too reliant on it. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're not the Golden State Danny Warriors. Green. Would love to see Danny Green go in the KCP direction. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, so right now we got to do our betting preview. They do not have the total. I will double check. I will refresh refresh this page to see if anything has changed in our 25 minutes of talking. Oh, the line has changed. Oh, no, this is today's line. See, my dumb brain. I don't know why people listen to me. Uh, So, yeah, they haven't updated the total yet. So we only have the uh, spread to pick from right now. And maybe what I'll probably do is I'll probably tweet from my personal Twitter account. and I'll retweet it on Lake Show Life. If once the over-under hit like is announced, we could just pick those just to keep up the record on the podcast. So mm-hmm. the spread going into this game, a classic. It was, I believe, six and a half game one, correct? Or was it six? It was, it was four and a half, and then it went up to six and a half, I believe. Okay, so, and then this game was, game, was four and a half, right? Oh, no, you were asking. Yeah, okay. game one. You what did it open correct. at? Yes, six was uh, game one, and then okay. game two was four and a half. 
And now game three, Lakers blowout win. They are minus seven. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a classic Vegas line. I, I mean, I'm the defending better record, so I think it's only fair. You go first. You know, no, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first because yep. it's like golf. You know, I can go first. You get a birdie. You got you get the tee box. I'm going Blazers plus seven. Um, I, I'm not going to say who I think is going to win this game yet. I just think after a blowout like this, the Blazers are not going to get blown out again. And I think it will be a close game. That is what I will say. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to copy you, Jason. I'm going to have to ride your hot hand. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I really like the uh, Blazers plus seven heading into this next game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that's almost as close to a lock as possible. I think that the Blazers are going to come back. I think that it's going to be one of those classic Laker games where they're in control nearly the whole time, maybe even have like a late lead. Um, but the Blazers are going to push in the fourth quarter. That's my feeling. Yeah, and it's just this is why I personally don't ever try not to bat, bet on actual basketballs. There's just always so many freaking baskets that don't matter at the end of games that'll hit. Bad beats. I feel like basketball is the 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 hotbed for bad beats. So <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um they'll hit a three, they'll be down nine points, and it'll be like, Well, if they could make three threes and the Lakers miss all their free throws, they'll tie the game and they'll make one and they'll lose by six. Oh, did I just give my prediction? Uh I think this game Ooh. I think the Lakers are going to be a little bit better offensively. We're going to get a little bit better uh, night from LeBron, and it's going to offset you know, a little bit worse night from KCP, hopefully a little bit better from Danny Green. Um, like I said, I think they would have scored in the 120s if they had the starters out there. So, And I think this is a high-scoring game. So this kind of shows my hand with the over, So, depending when it comes out. But I think we're looking at 127 to 122 Ooh. Lakers. Ooh, that is high. Okay, yeah, it, I already said Whoa. it. I already said it. I already yep. said it. Yep. I my so I didn't. You know I didn't realize how you're high making... that was. <laughs> <laughs> Two forty nine. You know what? We could just say that you're taking the over. Yeah, I don't. Think the over under is not going to be two fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go with one fifteen to one hundred Lakers. Uh, that that doesn't fit with your plus seven bets, sir. Oh, you're right. well, yeah, one fifteen. Oh, yeah, you're right. Damn. I mean, you could take Lakers minus seven. You know what? I you know what? I thought I said one fifteen, one ten, but I said one fifteen, one hundred, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with one fifteen, one ten. Right, I'm just writing these in our docs. So that's two twenty five. That's gonna be like right where the over under is. Oh, probably yeah. Just looking it's at be some of these other games. Like twenty. My guess, like just knowing the way Vegas works, I'm gonna go with two twenty two as the opening line. We'll see what happens. So it closed this last game at two twenty nine and a half. So yeah. bless you, my good sir. Was that a sneeze? It was a cough. Oh, are you okay? Yes, thank you. Okay, I just want to make sure everything's okay. Um, so I got one twenty seven, one twenty two Lakers. Look, maybe it goes to overtime, okay? That's a very high-scoring game. Maybe it'll be just very entertaining. I, I said it, and I didn't realize how many points that truly was when I said it. But That's a lot of points. Um, and Daniel's got 115-110. Before we send off the show, I just want to touch on the rest of the NBA playoffs. We're not going to get into depth or anything. Um, Miami's in control of uh, Indiana 2-0. I think it's safe to say they're going to win that series. I don't think the Pacers have the star power to keep up with the Heat. Would you agree? Yeah, nah. I think that the uh, the Heat got this for sure. 
Um, Bucks won one Magic. I mean, Bucks came back and just thoroughly outplayed the Magic. Uh, that's yeah. I'm not taking any stock into that game one loss for the Bucks. I'm trying to touch on like the series that are pretty much over. Um, Raptors Nets. I think that's that's done. Done chain on the Nets. I'm giving them the done chain. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel bad for the Nets, honestly. <laughs> he looks overmatched. Celtics 76ers. I think I'm gonna give the Sixers the done chain. I don't see how the Celtics lose that series even without Gordon Hayward. Um, I mean, there's no. Uh, why can't Ben Simmons right now for the Sixers and just? I think the Celtics are a team that can legitimately beat the Bucks and go to the NBA Finals. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Nuggets Jazz one one. I gotta favor the Nuggets, especially with no Mike Conley. But Donovan yeah. Mitchell, he could always go off. Yeah, I like the Nuggets in that one too. Even though the Nuggets looked really, really bad in Game Two, they lost by nineteen. Yeah, um, I still have the Nuggets, maybe taking it in six or seven. I think that one's one of the only series I see possibly going seven. Yeah, um, we got Clippers Mavericks, which is a fun series. Uh, obviously, just for LA implications, Clippers kind of got. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen, but if Kristaps Porzingis doesn't get ejected in Game One. They might be down 0-2 right now. Yeah. And Grant, you can Absolutely. make the case the Clippers might have played a little bit harder if they were down 0-1 and blah, you know. You can definitely make that case. So I'm not I don't wanna there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall, but one one, uh Paul George looked like playoff P, typical playoff P in game two. Paul <laughs> playoff P. Uh I mean he had fourteen points, but I think he was at zero for pretty deep in the game. Um that's gonna be fun. I would wouldn't be sad if the Clippers got shocked. I'm just gonna say that much. Oh yeah, I want the Clippers to lose so bad. And Kawhi had a very good night too, thirty-five and ten in forty-one minutes of play. Like it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, but you could see the the kind of impact that Patrick Beverly has because he's obviously not playing right now. So um, yeah, at least in that game, yeah. and yeah, he just Reggie Jackson didn't look great. <laughs> Remember yeah. when the see this is funny. Remember when the Clippers got Reggie Jackson and they were like, "Watch out for Reggie Jackson, man." Oh, and, I know. And now it's Marcus like. Morris. <laughs> Marcus Morris and even um, Joakim Noah that was getting some of that. And I'm like, really? Oh, my God. Joakim Noah's a guy that's going to maybe get, you know, put in the game to foul LeBron. Like, that's literally his only purpose <laughs> on that team. Um, yeah. And then most importantly, you could say the Clippers are the most important. But most importantly, we have a Rockets up 2 over the Thunder. This was kind of like a, a split in terms of just general consensus of who would win, I would say, heading into it. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people actually thought the Thunder would pull it off. Um, I think, I'm one of those people. Do you think they come back from 2-0, though? No. I think they lose in six. Okay. So there is no Russell Westbrook, but James Harden, only 21 points in Houston, still killed him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, looking like the Lakers, if they get past the, the Trailblazers, they're going to they're gonna see the Houston Rockets, which is not the ideal second-round matchup, but yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Damn. If only we could play them without Westbrook. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, sadly. I mean, hopefully he gets healthy. You know, we play them at full strength. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So game three, Saturday, 530 instead of 6 o'clock. Make sure everyone knows that. Don't hop in at 6 o'clock. Because if I didn't check, I probably would have done that. Um, Lakers (laughs) will be down by 10. <laughs> I'll miss like a very key important analysis thing in the first 10 minutes and just be useless. Um, if you like the episode, if you like the episode so far, again, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, as always, Daniel, how do we send this off? Go Lakers. I, I be balling every day. <laughs>